Hello and welcome to the SDC Fit Learning Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name's Ben Scott. I'll be joined by Jason Galea. Thanks for joining us on our way to create 1 million positive outcomes for personal training clients by 2030. The podcast is brought to you by at STC Fit Learning, a page created to upskill and educate PTs and gym nerds. Also brought to you by at STC Fit, and that's a place for all your online and in-person personal training needs. If you enjoyed today's episodes, please give us a share and tag on the Instawebs. You can tag at STC Fit, at STC Fit Learning, at Ben Scott SC, and at Jason Galea PC. Hope you enjoy the show. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Back again. <clears throat> this week went real quick. I feel like we only recorded. Yeah, I know. Day. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I can't believe it's Thursday already. I mean, I've lost track of time now because I'm in a bubble, yeah. my own bubble. Yeah, 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 yeah. But how's um, the sesh? Yeah, good. Yeah, really good. Um, I've got a couple of bits of kit that arrived, so I got that um, the trap bar with the side kind of taken off it. Mm-hmm. It's actually really good. Well, not actually really good. Like I knew it would be good, but <laughs> um, just so versatile, man. Which yeah. is kind of what I was after. And um, I took it for a spin, um, doing some like supported rows. Really yeah. good, really good. Yeah, they looked they looked good. <clears throat> Very lat biased supported rows, which was yeah, what I wanted. Just for like a even just a space saver of like trying to do a barbell bench supported row anywhere is hard. Yeah, set up fiddly and shit. And then like yeah, like your garage set up, just having that bar that you use for lots of different shit. It's it's good. Yeah, yeah. So that will be the split squat apparatus as well, because um, I'll just that stability will allow you just to train a little bit closer to a, like that true um, capacity for the movement. Would you get depth with full size plates? Well, that's the thing I'm I'm I've got to play with. But I've got like I think it's like twenty kilos. I've got those steel tens that yeah. are smaller in diameter, and I've got the steel fives. Yeah, two point fives and one point two five. So if that's if 50, yeah. around 50 kilos or something's not enough, I'll probably, I do have to get some more. So I might just get a, a few more of the smaller ones, but yeah. worst case I can just like elevate my foot and yeah, put your foot up on the 25 yeah. or something. Yeah. 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 So um, very good. And I even just a trap bar deadlift with, so I just took it for a little spin. Like you don't even notice the difference, you know, like the equilibrium in the bar, like, cause one side's got a little more weight. You don't even yeah, notice it doesn't want to spin. So, nah, it's fine. Yeah. So, yeah. It's pretty good. So yeah. yeah nice. Training's, Training is training, man. Just yeah. Getting it done. How long do your sessions go for when you train in the garage? Oh, ages, man. Yeah, I had to change mine because I was just like, I don't have, like once I've done my, usually my prime exercise and then whatever accessory, like the main accessory. And I'm just like, mentally, I'm just like, I won't be here anymore. Mm. So I had to just move to five days and just have like an accessory day where it's like, yeah, yeah cause two hours especially with longer rest periods like yeah this is my garage wall (laughs) i think there's a logistical component to it as well like yeah i've got to unpack everything um if to do the next movement because i've got only a select amount of weight as you would have as well yeah and you got way more shit than me too yeah so then if you move to a dumbbell i've got a i've only got a select amount of weight for that for now because i've got some dumbbells coming um But yeah, so it's just like that kind of stuff. Like I'm navigating from one exercise to the other. It takes time to set the next one up. Yeah. So yeah, and then I obviously fuck around with dogs in between my sets, which takes <laughs> a little bit longer. Yeah. So, um, I played with yeah. a, I used a cable last night. 
for a couple of exercises. It's like, oh. their cable fly. It's like, oh, oh. yeah. I didn't, <laughs> did I cable fly back at the gym? No, I did some cable side raises and I was like, oh man. This yeah. Is heaven. I, I actually done that. Did dumbbell side raises. <clears throat> yeah, I filmed them and I was like, every, every now and then I'll just go to bed and I'll look at them. Before I sleep. <laughs> Me doing my leg press, it's like soon, soon. Yeah, yeah. Finally enough, like I feel really good today too. Yeah, I, I trained barbell for four hours. I actually did a. I was motivated after yesterday's events, and I actually yeah. did a proper warm up. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and I actually, uh, you know, feel pretty good. Trained pretty well, so probably should explain what we did yesterday. <clears throat> yeah, so. We put together, we've put together like a screening tool for like the major hubs of the uh, of the body. So we was it ankle, knee, no ankle, hip, thoracic, lumbar, lumbar shoulder. shoulder, yeah, and a series of tests that you can get someone to perform and analyze whether they pass or fail. And then we've got specific intervention for um, for those in exercise selection. So you know we talk, we always talk about putting people in positions with exercise and training them to, you know, progress through them. Um, so we just put together a series of uh, videos on those exercises and how to integrate them into your programs for your clients to, you know, yeah. fix potential imbalances or, you know, um, dysfunctions or whatever um, that are training related, obviously. Um, so yeah, yeah. It was, we, we quite a handy resource once it's. And how did you go, Jess? <clears throat> so I failed everything bar the lumbar control because, you know, <laughs> When she was like, how's your squat? I'm like, man, how's my squat? <laughs> like, have you seen me squat? It's like, it's not the best, but ain't the worst. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good. I knew I was going to fail most of the stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just tight shoulders, tight lats. Wasn't going to get much, but yeah, she thought I, I was joking at a few points. And I'm like, no, no I'm not joking. Yeah. No, this is actually it. Yeah. yeah this is it. So yeah. shout out to um, Laura from Fox Physio who actually, <laughs> like did the filming and jace was just the, the model yeah um, the model <laughs> yeah, the model of dysfunction i remember um, at one point actually, it was like um are you joking and i was like no and then i was like i had to like she's like wow yeah how are they like this and i'm like well this one's had a torn i've torn my pec yeah this one i frayed the tendon <laughs> she's just like i'm just rambling off all this stuff she's just like Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we actually had to bring in someone else. So we had an example of what it should look like. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So it was good. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was good. I feel, I felt um, pretty good afterwards as well. You know, limber and that, but cause I got a little bit of a treatment as well. I just didn't train yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's good. It's good. I like we, we, we kind of put that framework together a month or about a month ago. So yeah, already being kind of and like like we were kind of doing it anyway. It's just like a, something formally structured. So I feel like I've been integrating that into my kind of programs and stuff for the guys for a while. Like we have been, yeah. Just kind of good to have, um, you know, a definitive kind of resource where we're like, all right, let's see what this looks like. Mm. Um, you know, did we pass? Did we fail? Okay, cool. We can go here now. Yeah, I think yeah. the ability to retest is a big thing. Like we we kind of like look at it and go, oh yeah, like you don't have good mobility through your lap, but like, what's the actual test to assess it? Do yeah. the intervention and then revisit. So like, did it actually get better? Or like, you just, oh, I think if I put you in this position, it'll get better. So we'll do that. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and even just for coaches, like we talk about, 
how there's like so much information out there um, and it's really cool to listen to and, you know, it's exciting, but, you know, come Monday, you know, the application of it can be the hardest part and that's when things get really overwhelming. So, yeah, like we teach in our coaches Academy um, is about like having frameworks and systems and, you know, giving the, providing these guys with these resources so they can go right, you know, step one, step two, step three, you know, do this, this and that just have like that consistent model um, for their clients. So yeah, pretty, pretty exciting resource to add on to everything else. I think it'll even just for me watching throughout the day, like there was a few gaps that it just filled of like that pre-exercise stuff of regressions. Yeah. So we're pretty good at like, Oh, well, if I need to challenge this, this is how I should program around it. Um, but like just being able to like, okay, so what's the body weight thing that I need to do to fix that to allow them mm-hmm. to train it better? Yeah. Um, yeah. And being able to train people through the potential issue as well, like putting yourself in the psyche of a, of a client, if you can get them into an exercise, like the buy-in's a bit better. Um, yeah. People tend to forget to, you know, uh, I'm just going to use an arbitrary treatment, like, you know, lacrosse ball, banded yeah. work, you know, some stuff like that. Like people tend to kind of do that for a little bit and then it kind of just drops off where if you're, can get people in certain positions to maybe train it out of them. Um, the buy-in's a bit better. So that's kind of an exciting thing to, to do, which we've seen work and we've spoken about on the podcast before as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Like we've seen it happen. It's just good to be able to have, again, the test, um, know what the test looks like and then be able to program strategically. Yeah. Just bridging that gap between like the hardest line to walk with it all is like you you didn't just become a physio because you know how to do four tests yeah. but it's good to know to be able to get closer i guess to that side of things and go like okay if this is a problem we can do this um and then like referring out when that doesn't work sort of thing yeah definitely yeah yeah so i uh, spinning off last week because we we had heaps of headings written down last week and didn't get to half of them which I sort of knew when we were writing it out, but that's okay. Yeah. (laughs) So we're going to revisit the uh, training age considerations topic, but we're going to look at just some different factors. So our training is obviously the biggest one. We'll probably go down that rabbit hole with like we did last time. So these are a little bit more broad. Um, I reckon maybe starting, we'll start with like the coaching. Did we do that last week? Yeah. Did we do goals? I don't think we did goals, eh? Yeah, all right, let's do that. Yeah. So, uh, all right, we'll start start there. Yeah, like setting goals based on your um, experience and training age. Maybe before we go into that, because we didn't talk about last week, like how do you assess training age? Is it literally just time in the gym? Uh, not, not always, no. Do you have considerations um, for like you play yeah. sport and shit? Yeah, um, well, I'm like... I'll gauge their, their overall strength, um, what they've done in the past in terms of like athletic, you know, activities. Because if they've played elite level sport and they haven't spent time in the gym, their training age is still yeah. like going to be higher than a, someone who's done nothing at all. Yeah. Um, but then it's like, even those people that are like, I've oh, trained in the gym for five years. Like I always ask like how long they've done it consistently for. And then it'd be like minimum four days a week for X amount of time. Um, yeah. So I think that's really important. Have they followed a structured program? You know, have they gotten results previously for whatever they're doing? Like all of those kind of things just give me a bit of an idea of like just whether they're an intermediate novice 
yeah. or an advanced athlete? Yeah, I think um, more so through my lens of like who comes to me now, it's just like, just show me a big three. So that yeah. tells me so much about you already. <laughs> like, yeah. <clears throat> seeing those three lifts, what are your numbers like, how they move, how confidently they approach it, all that type of stuff, like tells me heaps about where that person is at in their training and what they're going to kind of need. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty it's it's pretty easy to distinguish, I reckon. Like especially once you see someone move. Yeah, and like um, I feel like yeah. consults have kind of evolved too. That they're actually a lot of my consults are more around like training and what they've done and stuff these days than um, goal setting in terms of fat loss and stuff. Because I don't have a lot of people that come with like I want to lose ten kilos sort of yeah. things. It's, it's more about like I have a performance goal. How do I achieve that? And it's like okay, well, what are you doing? Where for me, it's like I'm trying to figure out how much work you can handle during that consultation process rather than like, this is how I'll help you lose weight, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, which you need the skill set for both for any coaches that are listening. Like, don't, don't think that you can sit down with Susan and be like, well, we're going to improve your squat via X, Y, and Z because you don't give a fuck. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, tell me how you feel about squatting 60 kilos versus not squatting 80 may not work with an athlete either. Yeah. So yeah, I think just having that conversation and the way they talk about things and the confidence, the way they can bang, bounce off the way you speak. Um, you can feel when you say stuff to people and they're just like, I have no fucking idea what that means or what you just said. Yeah. Um, so it's like, okay, so that's where you are in your education, I think maybe is, is a good way of looking at it as well. Not just like how good of an athlete are you? Where are you in your education about understanding training? Yeah, this... There's still, a, there's still probably, I've had, I've had a few people that have answered the questions all in the right fashion. And then like a couple of weeks in, I'm like, this doesn't really add up. Yeah. Um, even if like, like I said, in, this is more in the online space, but then when I'm like, all right, show me how you moved. And then you start seeing a few movements and you're like, okay, mm. this is where we're at. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, so I think you, if you can see some form of visual kind of representation of like their execution. Uh, Cause we talked about it before, man. Like you look at someone who moves, like, you know, we talked about like doing the side raises and yeah, like most things you can tell if someone's real good. So like, you know, your shit um, and you can really tell if someone doesn't as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that that's still a really valuable thing to do. And uh, a encouragement for coaches out there just to be very proficient with exercise, knowing how to just look at it through a screen or even face to, like obviously face to face as well yeah, um, yeah. is important because you can really start to iron out that proficiency, which is a reflection of training age as well. I mean, it isn't, it isn't, it's just like, it kind of depends on who you've, you've hung around too, you know, like you could have trained for a really long time and just train like epic. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And if yeah. you're a high responder, yeah. um, it doesn't really matter. Eh? <laughs> Branch Warren workout. <laughs> yeah. I've even, um, something I've noticed of late, I've, I've probably brought on the last three, four months, like people that are really experienced lifters that are moving from maybe a slightly hybrid, more so bodybuilding model that are coming across to um, even like a crossfitter that's coming across to body comp and strength. And it's like just the way they're still beginners at, I don't want to say powerlifting, but like at strength training. It's like, all right, we've, we've coming in with the goal of we're going to test your one RM across these three lifts. 
yeah, you're really strong when you do a bodybuilding bench and you can do lots of reps at that weight, but like, you're not going to be able to do that under a single. Like yes. that's not going to work. So it's, I've been finding that a lot lately, which is really curious. Cause like most of the powerlifters that I kind of worked with early, we kind of built from scratch. So they didn't know how to bench press. So I taught them the bench press based on the eventuality of them being able to do a one rm Whereas now it's like, Oh, you've been bench pressing for fucking six years. Now do it this way. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, that's, it's interesting, isn't it? It's like, which one's not like, I'm not saying which one's easier to coach, but it's like, yeah, which one is because it's like, do you take someone who's like been doing the same thing for six years and just like has those habits and potentially that could have a, like a, you know, a long-term effect on like how quickly they change or do you take someone who's just got nothing just raw as and you're like, this is how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Ben, like Ben's the perfect example. And my client, Ben. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, so you've never been in the gym ever. Yeah, here's the blueprint. Hey. Yeah. And he was just like, no. And I'm just like, okay. Come yeah. With you. <laughs> and I'll show you how to lift. Yeah. Yeah. Let me that teach was, you. Yeah. And that was really good. That was a really good project. And obviously, you know, he got really good outcomes from it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool. It's a weird weird new thing I'm, I'm enjoying the challenge of it though because it's like everything matters a little bit more in terms of like mm. your accessory selection and stuff because it's like okay you you just it's not skill acquisition you have a skill that we need to change just yeah like i need to put you in really specific positions, positions. otherwise mm. whereas like yeah you're working with someone that like you said is like a blank canvas it's just like this is how you do this movement i want you to do that when you do all of these and they're like okay and that's the standard for them. Yeah. So it's like, it's almost doesn't matter what you give them. They're going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah agree. Really interesting. Yeah. I, I, I think actually from memory, I think we touched on a little bit of the goal stuff just in terms of like, maybe if we were, I don't know if we talked about it in relation to strength and we talked about it in relation to like physique development. We're like beginning years, the focus should be strength. You'll gain significant yeah, amount did, of yeah. size. Yeah. Um, and then we did talk about that interchange between strength intensity work and volume work or hypertrophy work for yeah. uh, an intermediate. And then it'd be more hypertrophy specific training intermediate to advanced. Yeah. I think that um, came into our like exercise selection, skill and cueing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like yeah. the, the, what you're trying to achieve with a new person is more skill. And then as someone advances, you're looking more in towards cueing from a strength yeah. standpoint. Yeah. Like you were saying with the, the hypertrophy stuff. So I think something that's important to, to touch on is like, the, the recomp concept. Um, so like losing body fat and building muscle mass at the same time, depending on who you work with, how viable that's going to be and where they're at in their training age and what their training history is like and what their nutrition history is like and, mm. and, and, and <laughs> like lifestyle factors, all of that shit. Mm. Um, do you deliberately try and facilitate recomp with a new client? Uh, if they've had a, break or they're a newer athlete then i know it's going to happen yeah um so i usually will focus more around getting the training right um to facilitate that and just getting the diet right to see what happens um in that phase but generally like i do know it's going to happen and i kind of almost phase it like i always like set it up as a phase i'm like all right they're going to recomp in this phase and then we'll go we'll go this way or that way yeah um Generally, I'm just, even if I bring on a new client, I'm like, I just really would like to, them to just get 
total buy-in in, on the training system program using the um, the model that we have for that. And then I'll just set their macros based off their goals. And then, yeah, we just kind of see what happens. Yeah. Um, so yeah, generally, unless they've like, unless their advance is very specific that I'm like, all right, let's do this. But um, yeah, if you've got a, if you, if you're a new athlete, you've had a break or something like you're going to recomp. It's just yeah. a phenomenon that we know happens. We've, we've seen people do it. Like it even happens with people that say that they've trained for a really long time. If you just do something, a little more methodical, um, yeah. strategic, uh, that's, that adheres to the principles as well. Yeah. Uh, Cause I've seen a lot of people that have trained, you know, uh, quote unquote, or exercise, you know, going to the gym, just train a muscle group, blast it to, to death and then leave. And then it's like, give them, give them the structure with that, you know, um, compliance, you know, cause they're still compliant. They go to the gym and train. Yeah. It's like, all right, do that. Take that enthusiasm and that energy. Yeah. And channel it into this structure. Yeah. Get here. Yeah. And they still recon. They still yeah. get really good games. So it's just setting it up to do so. Yeah. I think the people I've worked with over the last two years have kind of fell into that boat. They're like consistent with training and they provided all the effort. So they weren't eating enough and their lifestyle sucked. And yeah. there wasn't enough protein in the diet. There was no structure with their training. Probably was like too much volume here, not enough volume there. Or effort wise, it was underdone. Mm-hmm. It's just like go and follow this program or this plan. And it's like, see you in three months. <laughs> it's like, yeah. shit's just going to happen. You're going to get stronger. You're going to get better. Skills yeah. going to improve and your body composition and strength is going to change. And then like, if you work even further down that line, like someone who's untrained, who hasn't trained for a long period of time, it's just like set it up at baselines. Like you said, get that adherence to the training, get adherence to at, at those kind of like we're talking about like a Karen that wants to lose 10 kilos. That's just about habit formation more than yeah. anything. And then if you can get the habit execution kind of done, you're kind of looking at a beginner there. It's like you're trying to create habits. Then you're sort of starting to err on the side of intermediate where they're applying all the, in terms of training age, they're applying all the stuff and they've been doing it for a while, but it needs a little bit more structure. And then you've got the advanced people that come in that are like, this is exactly what I've been doing for the last five years <laughs> now i want this make it happen it's like okay we need to actually use that data a whole lot more than what we would with the other two demographics yeah yeah definitely <laughs> um macros etc do you have do you do anything different with a so we'll do use that as the model right so you can yeah, yeah. who hasn't trained you're intermediate who's training but probably driving energy to the wrong place and then you're advanced athlete okay um maybe we should look at this in terms of nutrition strategies yeah um because i feel like when i was working with a lot of beginners and novices when i was you know an early year pt nutrition strategies were different um and then you kind of evolve them over to you know kind of being a little more refined in their data Mm-hmm. Um, just showing them some methods that may work for them. So if I had a beginner now, even I'd probably just introduce them to more of a, like a consciousness of eating behavior. Yeah. It's like, why do we eat most of the time? Cause it's probably a little bit naive to just say, Oh, well we eat for just to fuel our bodies. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people say that and it's, and you're an athlete. If you say that and you want to come work with me, do it. <laughs> uh, i'll take you yeah, yeah. Get, it's you're ticking the boxes if you say that however even if you're not it's fine um 
but we also eat for you know like food services way more than that so it's it's a social thing it's mental health like you know we you like living in melbourne like the weather's not that great all the time so food's a big deal for us to go out and socialize with our friends um so yeah just giving people an awareness of like why do we eat what should we look for in a meal like generally like what should it look like on the plate and then you know like how do we just get some regulation in the portion controls and like how do we just make decisions that align with kind of moving towards what their goal is but then at some point you've got to go to if that person wants to go from like you know good to great um it's like all right well we need to refine some stuff you need to yeah you either have you either need to have an exceptional knowledge of nutrition and be so aware of your behavior because yeah like i've said it before like i've gotten peeled not tracking food at all but it was like i know a lot about nutrition and yeah just didn't eat certain foods and i was hungry and i was tired and whatever Mm -hmm. um could have been done a better way probably but it was just fun to do but then it's like yeah refining everything or you just like refine and and track and measure so it's like they're the (laughs) trade-offs so that's generally what you'll do with a beginner just like more of that hand plan precision nutrition have a really good model for that yeah um we go from there but then it's like Actually, look, jump in before you move on. I actually had a really good conversation about that this morning. It wasn't even about this, but it ties in really well. Around just the idea of like, and we talked about on the podcast with Amy Louise, what would the person who's already achieved and is sustaining your outcome, what decision would they make? Mm. So if you just want to lose 10 kilos and feel a bit better, like most people that are in, that are 10 kilos lighter, and uh, feeling better than where you are right now, like you fast forward six months, are probably, like you said, watching portion sizes, making better overall decisions, that type of stuff. And they don't need to be like weighing every single meal to the gram and timing their protein intake. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think that a little bit of education goes a long way. Yeah. Um, but it's like, that's what we're here for. Provide a framework for your clients to work off. They like that stuff. You don't yeah. have to give them everything, but make empower them to make decisions yeah they need framework to do that Um, and then like move where you were headed next is like that intermediate person it's like the outcome's different you want to go good to great it's like well Mm. what does the person that's great do Mm. you need to behave like that now yeah yeah that's it yeah so this is a big step for that person and then that's when we start looking at you know specifics calories macronutrient distributions all those kind of things so generally like when we look at like protein you, if you're a beginner to an intermediate, you, you probably have a little bit more protein. Like you're going to generally like, you know, probably break down a little bit more protein um, when you're training. So you can supply a little bit more in the diet and stuff. But like at the end of the day, the goal kind of services what they need um, in terms of their demands. So, you know, fat loss is higher. And we've spoken about this like 2.2 grams to, you know, <laughs> anywhere upwards of, you know, three to four, depending on a lot of things. Um, so I think we've done lots of podcasts on that in the past, uh, but it's like less calories, increased catabolic environment. Cause you're trying to use fat for fuel. So your body's going to essentially break itself down. You want to support extra protein so that we preserve lean body mass. That's just generally why we do that. Um, and then after that, it's like, you know, we look at picking a, a, a least a minimum amount of fat that we feel is safe for the person to kind of function on. Um, Cause there's going to be nuances from person to person, gender to gender or biological sex. Sorry. Um, and then it's yeah, kind of personal preference too in a deficit, I feel like. Um, 
So then, yeah, as they get more towards a intermediate advanced, like they probably could get away with less protein generally um, on the lower end. Cause like everything's, everything's a range. You know, we have this 1.6 to 2.2. Um, we have these, you know, 0.5 to 1.5 plus for um, fat. And then we have like, you know, lots of carbohydrates for, you know, hyperactive individuals, whatever. So it's like just kind of working out that, the more some, the more active someone is, the harder someone trains. The more energy they expend, we need to support that with nutrition. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably as kind of detailed but brief as we as I need to be with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like if at the longer you train, generally we want to drive as many carbohydrates as possible because you're more you're more advanced. You you train yourself harder, you do more volume, you know, your workouts are longer, you, know, you need substrate for fuel, carbohydrates will get there faster, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you have any differences in baselines across the group? So like to speak to a practical example of this, um, like I was saying, I've had a few people come on recently that have, been really detailed with what they've been doing up till now. It's probably three yep. or four of them. Um, and the first one, I just did what I always did: grab the nutrition calculator, bang it in. This is what it says you should be eating. Delete that. I usually just go like ten percent deficit, just to be on the err of the safe side. Most yep. people that <clears throat> you get a bit of buy-in if you like drop a little body, a bit of body fat in that first month, and get a bit stronger, maybe build a bit of muscle. Um, people are usually pretty happy with that outcome. But I did it with this one individual and they put on like fucking a kilo and a half in the first week. Mm. Like, yeah, I told you I used to eat that much. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. That sucks for you and down the calories go. Um, So I think like the more advanced the person and the more they've kind of done, been down that road is like the more important the data from them is. Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's important, I guess, to in that initial consultation kind of, have specific questions about their diet history. It's like, you know, have you dieted before? How long ago were you in a deficit? How long have you spent in a surplus or even a maintenance? What roughly, if you're that detailed, like what roughly are the averages of your macro splits and stuff? Like if someone's that advanced, they'll have that information. And then like, that's the framework. The framework's the data they've got. If they don't have any data, well, we've got to find it. And this is how we find it is uh, the the process of trial and error. And I like, I, I said to some, one of my clients the other day, I just said like, at the end of the day, man, we can change it. Like, you know, cause yeah. he was um, a little bit, uh, not scared, but just like a little bit resistant to the amount of food that I was like, dude, you're mid seventies um, in body weight and you want to grow and you work out five days a week and I'm only putting you on 2,800 calories. Like you'll be fine. Then that, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, look, man, it doesn't work. Like what's the worst thing that's going to happen. We can change it. Like, yeah. You know, not a big deal you can't get um, that fat in a couple of weeks yeah yeah it's funny like if that was a guy a ma- sorry a, yeah a biological male uh, like, do i have to say that like i just yeah <laughs> I'm not um it uh i would have just like left that yeah like a kilo and a half for me is not enough it's like yeah we increased your calories food volume went up your body absorbed glycogen there's water like whatever yeah but it's like knowing a psychology of like a female client and an athlete it's like that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so we yeah. will, we will do what you want because if we don't, you won't listen. Yeah. And we will bring your food down. <laughs> yeah. And then we will slowly bring it back up until I say, yeah. 
I'm eventually able maybe yeah. in six months to say, I told you so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. It's highly likely at some point, like if the metrics match up with the trends in data, yeah. it's like, yeah, you should potentially be able to have that much. But some people just don't like, some people just don't really need a lot of food either. Unfortunately, mm. like not unfortunately, it's only unfortunately because they don't get to eat it. Yeah. It's like yeah. really, if you can get gains eating less food, it's kind of like, Oh, it's pretty like economical. I think you know? I wish I could gain weight on 2,500 calories. Yeah. It's like, it's a real economical thing. Like yeah. you don't have to eat as your digestive. So much, such a cheaper way to live life. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You don't have to cook as much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Breakfast, yeah. two muscle meals and a snack done. <laughs> but yeah, the approach, I don't know. I feel like I like the approach is still the same. Like I, I have a bias towards just going to the higher range of protein like in those ranges that are set by data research, you know, all that. Um, and then I will start to play after that. Yeah. So then it's like, I'll bring, we're in a growth phase. It's like, yeah, let's bring protein down. Let's increase carbs. Let's increase calories. Like I'll just start to just play around with some stuff and just see what, what can be done. It's like, all right, see how much fat this person likes, see how much carbs this person can take. Um, but generally I'm just going off the framework. It's like the, What's their biological, uh, sorry, their, their physical characteristics? How active are they really? So that's like what they actually are, not what they tell you. Um, and then just match that up. See how you go. Then just, yeah, set the protein, carbs and fat. Yeah. It's really interesting too, like in a space where like, and I'm sure you're the same people come to you because they want to get jacked. It's like they start getting jacked and then they don't like it. It's like, oh, I feel yeah, heavy. Or my clothes don't fit. Or I'm, I'm fat yeah. or whatever. It's or, like, or, they go, or you go train real hard. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah. But <laughs> mine's more like the feedback I get is more like the psychological. It's like, hey, I want to look like this person. It's like, okay, cool. Let's do that. And then like you're four weeks into the data and they're like, oh man, I feel so fat. I feel like my clothes don't fit. I'm like, yeah, because you're bigger. Like that person you showed me is bigger than you. We, we have to kind of appreciate that that's what's going to happen. Yeah, like you said, like that psychology of the client of like, yeah, but I'm supposed to be small, or at least yeah. light, and look like that at the same time. It's like those yeah. two don't they don't match. It's it's the same for everything though. Like I was having a conversation with my clients, like he's you know dropping some body fat at the moment, and like, yeah, we're going aggressive, but you know what I'm like. Yeah. I'm like, look, you can suffer for a short period of time, or you can you know mildly suffer for a longer period of time. You tell me, right? So we picked the suffering short period of time but then it was like i'm hungry i'm tired i'm agitated i'm this and i'm like these are the side effects that come with that yeah like anytime you're trying to lose weight you're gonna be hungry yeah, like i don't yeah. give a fuck what anyone says like you are going to be hungry it makes sense yeah and if you're okay. trying to gain it you'll be bloated and yeah and yeah slow. and heavy you'll yeah. be heavy because that's what you're trying to do yeah um so yeah and then it's like understanding the like everyone just looks at like some of the side effects of the, like the application. So like, I, so I'm going to do this fat loss phase and I'm going to have less body fat. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's a side effect. Yeah. But I don't want to, let's not talk about the side effects of like being hungry, being lethargic, potentially like being agitated, not sleeping, have a short temper, yeah. maybe an even shorter temper, depending on who you are, you know, <laughs> like all of those kind of things, like they, they come with the territory. Like, yes, we want to try and mitigate them, yeah. 
but sometimes in some instances they're really unavoidable. Like I know what it's like to literally be at a point where you are that hungry. You eat literally anything. Mm. Um, it's like they're, they're the times when it really does come down to how bad you fucking want it. Mm-hmm. Like, cause if you don't want it, you'll go just bury yourself in the cupboard. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, the same thing on the other side is like building a physique is hard, like building muscle, especially naturally. Like you know, you increase lean body mass along with some fat mass. The goal is after that to provide the protein that we spoke about in the fat loss phase to, to retain the lean body mass and drop that little bit of fat mass that you would have gained trying to support the stimulus that you're providing for the growth with the calories. Yeah. But it's just a side effect. It happens. Like that's one of the hardest parts for like that transition of like newbie lifter into more intermediate lifter of like, you actually have to plan out, blocks of when you're doing what now like you can't just continue to go to the gym and do the thing and and continue to improve your physique or strength Mm. it's like because it happens the same thing strength like we talked most about body composition today but it's like oh but i'm not strong so it's because you're doing eights like Yeah. yeah there's your one rm isn't on the bar while you're doing eights and even like uh speaking to one of the girls who maybe is going to compete in um, ACT, which would be nice. But I was like, you're still doing 90 sets a week and your top numbers are like, your threes and fives are, are matching what you were doing threes and fives four weeks out last comp. And we've still got like probably, I'll probably bring her down to like 25, 30 sets a week in that last block. So it's like the, the accumulated fatigue that is there right now is you, you don't have no idea how much, how much better you will feel and how much better you'll perform once that goes away. But it's like, you need to do this right now. Otherwise you're not going to be a better athlete. If you don't do the hypertrophy work, the movement work, the, all the other stuff rather than just, oh, let's just express strength and train strength all the time. Yeah, definitely. Um, which, yeah, that's actually the next topic. We just accidentally did it oh really yeah so the said principle so just like understanding that as you progress you're going to have to start to to periodize things out um so from a from a training standpoint it's like i could probably bring someone in and do maybe hybrid depending on like and you guys that are familiar with our models so we have like hypertrophy and some hybrid hybrids a combination of strength work and hypertrophy work then you have a strength block then depending on if you're going down that road then you would peak and test some people will just kind of stay in that loop all the time and not actually go down into peaking because it's pretty rough um but you could probably stay if you knew how to move well hybrids are going to be three to fives on your top work and then like eight to fifteens in your hypertrophy works like you could probably just stay in there and program really well and continue to make progress for your first six to twelve months no problems at all it's like once you get to a certain point, it's like, you know, you actually need to go deliberately build muscle. And if you're hitting triples on your squats and think that you're going to be able to maximize your volume on legs to build enough muscle, like you're kidding yourself at some point. So you actually need to go, all right, I need to step away from the competition lifts, go and do this thing to get better and then revisit them later on. Yeah. What was that quote the other day? The only reason to do more than three reps is to get better at doing less than three reps. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to, you have to be able to, to understand that you've got to go to those places. And it's the same with, with training. Like 
you, as we've, I guess, just kind of outlined, like there's, once you get to a certain level, just going, just showing up and eating well, isn't enough anymore. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. 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 There's a, a degree of detail and intent. I think intent's probably the best way to describe it of like everything you do, like every rep you do, every set, your rest periods, how you approach sessions, meals, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's just like, everything has reason um, or it should. Um, You should be paying lots of attention to them uh, because that separates the good or the great from the good in most cases. In most cases, like every now and then there's those jerks that get away with it. We know. So screw you guys. Screw you guys. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Um, But even like looking at this from like a physique standpoint too, like that, whether that's a training age thing, it's probably more tied into the goals than actually like training age. But there's a, a point where it's like global hypertrophy isn't sufficient anymore, or you're at a level where trying to achieve global hypertrophy has now become unattainable. It's like, no, no, you actually need to focus on your hamstrings and back right now. Yeah. Yeah. There will become a point when you will assess a physique and go, this needs to be bigger to match this or you know yeah. we need to balance out the hamstring and glute development to the quads for example like you know most people have stronger muscle groups and they'll just they'll kind of get accentuated with just training like you know in those initial phases especially yeah. um but then if an intermediate or advanced person comes on board you can just see it I'm just like all right send me some pictures and you're just like okay and then most of the time if you you can get an idea of how they move as well depending on that it's like you know if if your glutes aren't that develops and your quads are fucking huge, it's like, okay, I've got a, I've got a pretty good idea about how you train quad, like quads, you know, so, yeah. you know, I'm sure that depth isn't it, like is probably an issue. And, you know, we're probably in positions where we use the leg press a lot, for example, or just something like that. Like you can kind of just make, uh, like bring up and uh, it's an assumption, but it's like based off a bit of experience. Yeah. And then it's like, cool, let's just do some specific work, um in those like you know directed towards those muscle groups and see what happens do you think that someone at an advanced level say like for yourself can you still just achieve global hypertrophy or do you need to have a deliberate like let's let's pretend when we don't care about the uh symmetry of our physique from from a physique competition maybe standpoint it's like can you continue to exponentially grow or will there be a point where it's like you need to drive energy into particular muscle groups via volume and then maintain other stuff you could still it's it's tension so you could still grow as long as you can apply tension yep. and support it with calories and support it with protein and overload it using an overload uh whatever principle of overload you're using uh yes but then that's when we start to consider like, well, how much total work, like what, what yeah, is, yeah. It's like, do we just evenly distribute work across every muscle group? Is that what you're talking about? And then we just like work out. Yeah, so like- where are my minds going? Is like, if you're, if you're at a point now where your chest, instead of like it needing 15 sets to grow now, it needs 20 that, but you don't have a new allocation to be able to handle an extra five sets a week though. That five sets of fatigue has got to come off somewhere else for your chest to grow. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, Does that make sense? So it'd be less global because like, say, so for like my physique, for example, like if I had to drive more pec volume, I'm like, yeah, my lats are pretty well developed. I'll just do chest for a bit. Yeah. Or, or, or shift, shift where I'm accumulating fatigue from chest and back and slightly create a ratio where it leans towards chest more than back. That's generally what we would do anyway. Yeah. Um, we wouldn't want to add, like bring a baseline of work and then just add on, like only if that person can take that amount of work. Yeah. So for most people, it would be just look at their stronger muscle groups. Most of the time, they don't need as much volume in them. Like I can think I can train my legs like once every 10 days and my shoulders probably never. <laughs> and that was just me. <laughs> um, so I could take that work and just, yeah. put it elsewhere yeah. but if i just did the same amount of work on everything and didn't really like specifically phase a muscle group you would still grow it's just yeah. like you would just expose your strengths even more and i don't know yeah. you just have to live with whatever physique that looked like yeah i just like it's because it, i think it just generally it naturally happens that you're just like oh like your back slacking so we'll just drive volume in there i was just curious if you could just say like 120, 130 sets a week is like where your fatigue cap is based on lifestyle factors, genetics. All yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. So that's when you just pick the minimum amount of volume for those stronger muscle groups. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've just never can sat back and gone. If we just stayed at 130, would you just continue to grow to just be imbalanced? Or is there a point where you actually need to increase the work done by the pec because you're you're at a, a level where you're so advanced that the only way that you could get the pec to grow would be to go beyond an even spread of volume. Yeah, yeah. Well, you could use other ways to overload that muscle as well, like that doesn't exceed volume. Yeah. Well, so that's when you need to yeah just either work within the sorry operate within the 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 framework of the volume, mm -hmm. um, and then you know use other metrics to exceed rather than sets like i see the stimulus um yeah. or yeah just distribute it but uh, you'd be very surprised man a lot of people want to work on those things that on those muscle groups that are strong because it makes them feel good yeah like i've, I've yeah. come across a heap of people it's like why am i doing all these ham this ham this hamstring work i'm like because you don't have any yeah but your like back hurts all the time every yeah. time you bend over your little back hurts it's like yeah. you don't have hamstrings you're going loose it's like you don't have position yourself with a hinge you're like yeah because all you do is look at the front like and yeah. work that so it's a hard thing to do when you are working on yourself because you want to look a certain way but you like how you feel mm. and when you do things that make you feel good you want to keep doing them but in a bodybuilding set setting that doesn't always work because like if i just did shoulders and chest all the time like it make me feel good but i don't know if it make me look good yeah yeah so yeah, it's just like, I think you get to a point where, where like, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm a serious, super, super serious bodybuilder, but it's like, you get to a point where you look at yourself and you go, okay, I need to balance some shit out. Yeah. Like I need bigger triceps. I need a bigger back. I need bigger calves. Like the quads need it. You need to stop doing all this quad work and all this delt work because you're just going to look real disproportionate. Like yeah. it just doesn't. Some people don't care and a lot of people do, but yeah, it's one of those things where you kind of have to work on your weaknesses and you have to welcome that stuff and the challenge and 
yes. like it's hard and you got to work through the fact that it's hard and have that growth mindset that you're going to get better at it. Cause if you don't, you'll just have a imbalanced physique. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting from a, a powerlifting standpoint too, because there's such a strong skill acquisition element to performance. Like if, if you're looking at a physique, it's like, it needs to tick all these boxes, right? If you're looking at a strength athlete, it's like you need to tick in a powerlifting scene. It's like you need to tick three boxes the squat, the bench, the deadlift, do them really well for one rep. <laughs> so it's like, well, how do you get better at bench press bench more? But what happens when like your elbows are like, Hey motherfucker, I'm benching three times a week and squatting three times a week. This no. <laughs> so it's like, do you have the fatigue allocation? You're going to have to shift the fatigue allocation there. So it's like, if you want to bench three times a week, you're probably not squatting twice a week. Definitely not low bar squatting twice a week. So it's, unless you're really weak, then you can get away with it. Um, and people have strengths and stuff as well. Like if you're a shit deadlifter, maybe you're doing deadlifts two to three, a variation of deadlifts two to three times a week where you're kind of applying like load limiting factors, like maybe pauses and deficits and shit like that, where you, you're not cooking someone because obviously a deadlift is quite a fatiguing movement. If someone needs to practice it, they need to practice it. You just have to be a bit more clever of like, okay, if I make you pause, that's going to take 50 kilos off the bar. So it's way less fatiguing. Um, if I, yeah, whatever other variation you decide to put in, then I can get you to do that. But it might still mean maybe you've got to squat less, maybe you've got to bench less, or your accessory work comes down or, or something like that um, to make you a more well-rounded athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess like if someone like, cause we're still, we're still kind of talking about like periodization as a model. Yeah. Like for. Yeah. So the, 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 top, the heading of the topic was the said principle. So yeah. like specific adaptation to impose demand. So starting to learn like when that actually matters. Yeah. So like if you're coming in doing your body pump classes and shit, like that's going to work for a period of time. Yeah. Because like the specific adaptation to the imposed demand is like you moved more, you created a little bit of stimulus for your muscle mass that it's never seen before change you started burning calories probably if you would think if you're applying yourself into that then you would maybe tidy up your diet a little bit it's like hey magic i look better and then all of a sudden you just stop getting better yep. it's like okay so the specific adaptation to the imposed demand is done well now what now you need another specific yes it's like oh now i'll go out onto the gym floor and i'll get like a three-day push-pull program and i'll go in and do that repetitively for six months and like i'll get progress i'll get a little bit stronger each week and i'll get a little bit better considering assuming that you're maintaining the good habits that you've created with your nutrition and lifestyle. Sweet. I made progress there. Now it's like, that's not working. Now we can do it's like, yeah. oh, okay. Now we start having these conversations like, all right, let's have a look at your weekly volume. Let's start spreading things out a little bit more intelligently. Let's start considering what is your actual goal right now? Is it fat loss or maintenance or weight gain? And then start really applying ourselves. So specific adaptation to the imposed demand put yourself deliberately in a, like you said, rather go typically with people that can handle it, rather go hard and fast on a dieting phase, for example. It's like, let's put you in the specific environment to achieve that outcome because trying to do everything now doesn't work. Yeah. 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 The more advanced you become, the more specific that thing kind of becomes. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And yeah, like we were talking, like working with a few people that were, 
were good athletes in other spaces that are now like, all right, let's go into to powerlifting. It's like the specific adaptation to the imposed demand now is different. Oof, way different. So it's like, you're not, I'm not, I don't care how your pecs feel when you bench. I'm more interested in how your mid back feels, but I still don't care about that. I want to know like how tight you are and if your head's going to explode. Can I pick your legs up off the floor? If I can, you failed. Like that type of mentality starts to come through and then like even going to do your accessories. Like, okay, you're going to do a dumbbell bench press. It's like, I want your dumbbell bench press to complement your bench press, not yeah. specifically isolate your pec. What's your bait? Those pecs. Yeah, it's like it, it all becomes a different mentality, a different challenge. Your yeah. rows maybe are about uh, like it's like a dumbbell row. It's like I want you to resist rotation, not, yeah, not contract your lat. Isolate or do a lat biased row. Yeah. 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 Or maybe I want both because I do need you to have hypertrophy as well. But like the, the, the thought process is like if your specific outcome is to be good at one RMs on the three lifts, everything else you do should complement that. Mm. How, you, how you look might be a secondary goal and we can, we can do that. Like I, I'm no stranger to just like slapping an extra five or six sets of 10 sets of lateral raises on my program a week because I like having delts that aren't in there but at the end of the day like everything else when i'm ex- even when i'm executing those it's like how do i do this that's going to have the least amount of fatigue do the least amount of damage like i'm not going to go do shoulder presses for my delts because it's like yeah. well i do four billion sets of pressing the pressing. way seems <laughs> dumb <laughs> yeah. so yeah it's just it's just an interesting I think, um yeah scale it, it's interesting especially when you talk about like these specific adaptations like you can even go as far as like uh, challenging like biases for people's movements as well. Like I, I tend to battle a lot with that with some clients because they have these like emotional attachments to certain exercises. I'm like, it's just that we're, we're imposing stimulus on the muscle to encourage it to grow. Like sometimes we don't like, I, I personally think a deadlift is a fucking terrible exercise for hypertrophy. Yeah. Like it's great to, you know, teach your body to recruit lots of motor units and you know express strength and you know forcefully contract it's a great movement for that to build muscle it's fucking terrible um so when you when i i don't generally do them for in people's programs and then that's when we start to go back and forth on this like why and i'm like well the specific adaptation is hypertrophy but then you know if that person wants to have strength in their pro like as a secondary goal, then it's like, okay, we'll revisit that. But like, can we go through a specific phase of hypertrophy specific training uh, to build the muscle? And then we just go through the skill and, you know, the process of like getting you proficient at the deadlift again and getting you stronger um, at that movement. And I think that's an important thing to understand when you're a client is like one, be very specific with what your goals are. Uh, all of them because we're going to try and put you in a situation that's going to get the number one outcome as fast and as, you know, easy as possible for you to execute. And generally it's for me, not putting in movements that are just like so taxing that don't really kind of challenge the muscle that much, like through its contractile range. And it's more of a hamstring exercise. If you look at it anyway, like maybe some glutes more than anything, 
um, you know, when we're talking specific to the deadlift, it's like there's so, but there's so many other exercises that you could pick that you could do way more sets in yep. and accumulate probably a little more stimulus, way less, probably get a little less fatigue as well. Um, so it's just a good question. It's just a good thing to throw out there for people just to get them to understand. Um, I think that's where the scale is really important. So like if someone came in to me and was like, Hey, I want to like the blueprint of clients I tend to train are like people that want to look good in bikini and be strong. So it's like, okay, so we need to build muscle, get leaner and do strength. Let's remove the strength goal for now. It's like, if I was to give you a hybrid style program where you're like doing fives as the big three with hypertrophy work, you'll build muscle and you'll look really good and you'll be strong. Um, but if you then get really proficient at the big three, all of a sudden the hypertrophy volume that you're doing either isn't enough or it's becoming less efficient. You're more fatigued. Things aren't progressing as well as they used to. So now it's like, okay, we actually can't continue to do that. We have to look at a more specific model for what your goal is right now. And deadlifting triples is probably not that. <laughs> like it, it, the, the amount of volume that that's going to take out of your program elsewhere just purely by the fatigue that it's going to create if you're strong if you're not strong in deadlift or you fucking want yeah 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 that's it just even personal experience it's like the last thing i want to do after pulling three to five reps in a deadlift um is you know another 12 sets of yeah anything like yeah. it just doesn't like unless it's biceps and triceps like yeah. i don't want to do anything else yeah it's, my deadlifts are like four exercises and two of them are deadlifts. Yeah. It's like top set, some kind of back off work that at the moment is like a fatigue reducing. So it's paused. And then, yeah, some squats, some hamstring curls go. Yeah. And they're like, there's urcha squats. So it's like, it's not. Yeah, they're not heavy. Getting under a heavy bar or anything like that. It's just like, do this work and then get out of here because you're fucked after you've done your top yeah. set. Yeah. Yeah. So I think maybe like it, there's variations of a deadlift you could probably maybe do. Like I think maybe a trap bar is better, like for a physique setting. If someone was more, I just do RDLs, I reckon. Hey, yeah, well, I would too. It's just like there's something that people get a hard on about for picking shit up off the ground. Lifting heavy weight. That's why the deadlift's yeah. the fucking best lift because it's like yeah. the heaviest. Yeah, but it's, it's the best. Yeah, it's like I don't know. I just and it's the least scary if you fuck it up. It's like oh, just drop it. Just drop it. Yeah, yeah. I just. I don't know. I feel like if you just really bought into like being fucking jacked though, you should just do whatever you need to do to get jacked. But yeah. like I, I, for those people that are somewhere in between, then yeah, you're going to have to go through phases of picking shit up off the ground. I get it. Yeah. And that, but that's where the difference lies. Like where, when you're early in your training age, you can just do both. The more advanced you get, the less, the, the more that range actually collapses in on itself and say, like, no, you just need to do a thing right now. Yeah. Whether it's six weeks, three months, six months, like you just need to do the thing mm. and then move on to the next thing when you're ready. Yeah. Can't try and be everything forever because it won't work. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so next one's more like from our end as coaches, how do you approach a new trainee versus like someone who's already an athlete lots of cuddles and lots of kicks in the ass <laughs> <laughs> yeah at each end of the spectrum yeah it's like newbie gets cuddles 
Uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then if you've been with me for a bit, it's like, come on, man, put your head in. Yeah. You're better than this. You know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hopefully one of my clients is listening to this. Like we should be getting, we should be getting, seeing results right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's, sorry, sorry. That, that's somewhere in the middle. So it's cuddles. We should be seeing results right now. Pull your fucking head in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that one. It's like, this data doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, that's can you, it. Can yeah. you think of any reason why this hasn't changed? It's outside of the data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but that's always there's always that. Oh, I forgot about this Just meal that I've been eating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went to like an all-you-can-eat restaurant on the weekend. Okay, cool. <laughs> no, no. Uh, all jokes aside, like I guess like they do describe it in the nutshell, but it's not said like that. Uh, maybe the first two are. Um, but yeah, it's more at the start, like just recognizing that they're learning. There's a lot of things, there's a lot of moving parts for them. You know, they've got a lot of things that they need to get in alignment. So, you know, being patient, um, encouraging them to ask lots of questions, um, obviously being there to support them and, you know, providing them with as many resources and answers as you can. And if you can't just finding them uh, out for them or sending them in the right direction. So I think the patience is probably the biggest one. You know, a lot of people are just like, oh, they don't do things by the way. Like, fuck them. They, they're gone. Three weeks, you know, three, 12 weeks and they're out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just think you got to give people um, as a beginner um, a little bit longer. And, like, just think about the first time you weren't good at anything. Like, it's like it's you need somebody to kind of guide you. So um, that's definitely that one. Intermediate is getting them now, like, having hard conversations with them. I think that's where you start to um, even challenging them uh, in a good way. Just like, why are you doing this for? And like you, or like you said, you said you were going to do this. Um, and like, why is that not happening? Yeah. And it's more just to get like, just for me to be like, just tell me why it's not happening. Like if you're not, you don't want to do it. That's fine. Just, yeah. You told me this, so I'm gearing everything to this because that's what you hired me to do. So if you're not doing it, like what are we doing? You know? So and then I think like as you get more towards the advanced, it's like the the attitude that you're expecting from them is just like honesty, um, ownership. Um, and then for us, it's just, yeah, I think it's as they get more advanced, just hard facts and info. Yeah. It's like the wish wash is gone. So they kind of know what you're about. You know what they're about. Um, you know, if someone needs to be approached a certain way, you've kind of got that personality, like that you kind of know. It's like, all right, you need that four, four sentences to articulate a couple of things because that's just the way you work. Uh, you need two dot points. Yeah. Um, you know, you might need a 15 minute Zoom call um, yeah. to, you know, have a virtual articulation of information or even just like a virtual pat on the back. Yeah. You need, you know, a good job, you know, kind of thing. So, yeah. Thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> and it, if it's real good, you'll get the inflated one. Like it'll just <laughs> Fuck, Jace hold the screen for like three seconds then. He must be real happy. Paid attention. <laughs> I actually just slipped. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's that's it. It's uh recognizing where the person is and understanding that like yeah, they're all got lives as well. Like, I think that's one thing. The longer you work in this game, you just kind of work like so much shit happens to people. 
Like everybody's lost their own story. Like it's like some, you could hear four different people have some fucked up shit happen in the shortest time. And you're like, wow. Like, yeah. but it happens all the time. Yeah. Cause it's like, everyone's doing their own thing. And then you could hear like four or five amazing things as well. So it's just like, yeah, yeah. Doing that, just knowing when to have the hard conversations. Um, yeah. 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 I think um, from an online standpoint, it's actually way more challenging. It's actually yeah, a set in and of itself to be able to pick up what someone needs and even just like tones and stuff in writing. Like early on, I used to get some check-ins and I'd just be like, fuck, like you just sound miserable. And it's just like, no, they just wanted to tell you the shit that went wrong for the week. So like we can work on it, not actually hating life or the program or anything like that. But like, there's that little bit of like, obviously as a coach, you're like, fuck, I want the client to be happy and doing well. Yeah. Um, so sometimes you read check-ins, you're like, fuck, are you all right? Like, yeah, do, you, do you ever like think that how you read text yourself, like, you know, the way you interpret it is different? Because I don't read text anyway. I just read it. But then like sometimes like people will be like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm sweet. Yeah. <laughs> like, Because you know how I type like I talk. Yeah. So I just like. No, oh, way worse. You're way shorter. Why didn't you do this? Like. <laughs> But like hey yeah sometimes even like when i type a text i just type the actual information and then i'm like oh fuck i've got to go back and say hey how's it going yeah i do that too hope you're having a good day and yeah. then write it. it's like all i wanted to write was are we going here today or whatever the hell it is you know yeah um, but do you feel like if someone the way someone reads those they could be like, like oh this person's like being either argumentative or aggressive or yeah. but if you read it again and you're in a, bit, a different mood it's just like oh that's just words like they're just happy like yeah 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 I, i'm real conscious of it with um exercise ex like reviews like video reviews because i'll get in a zone where i'll do like x amount of check-ins in a certain amount of time it's just like video okay heels move this do this change that this position's off you touch low on your third rep and it's just like bang, 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 bang. And like, if you're on the other end of that and you're a little bit like, maybe not super confident, you'd be like, holy fuck. Like Ben's just told me a new one. It's not, it's just like my processor brain going out <laughs> through my fingers into a keyboard rather than like, if I was face to face to be like, look, that was a pretty good set. We just need to look at these things on the next one. Yeah. It's the, uh, positive, negative, the positive negative sandwich. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Because it doesn't have, Sometimes it doesn't have that. Yeah. And yeah. Like when you're alone at your computer and you're just like, yeah. It's like when you're coaching, you think all that shit while they're doing the set, they stop. Then you tell them and explain it. Whereas like when I tend to be watching and typing, like, okay, this is, there's not enough tension here. There's not, and like it, it my processor that I would usually pause. keep. Yeah, I would usually keep to myself while I was watching you train actually comes out as the the feedback. So um yeah, I think in those situations I've actually started filming a lot more stuff because I know it's just like this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And it's like the movements are fine. It's just like it could be better if you do it this way. Yeah. yeah that's a that's just I think that's once they work out how you communicate back as well. Yeah. My guys know I'm pretty, no? Yeah. Straight down the line. Yeah, I thought Jace hated me for the first three years that we had hung out. Just no wish for it. <laughs> yeah, well, you get the exact amount of words that you need. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so it's, it's probably it's, the setting where I say the most amount of words. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like um, the coaching attitude doesn't, for me, it maybe doesn't change as much as you might think based on the advanced level of an athlete and more on the personality of the client. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. It's like I've got people that are new that are just like, yep, watched all the videos, get it, sweet, here's my check-in, sweet, see you next week. And that's it. And then I have like higher end athletes that need way more in depth than that. And it still need cuddles. And sometimes they still get a kick in the ass, but yeah, I think it's more personality than actually their training age. Yeah, certainly. I agree. I agree. Uh, Check-ins, tracking, etc. Do you have different processes for different people? I do. I do. Um, I have like, the most in-depth tracking sheet known to man. Um, and I'll just regress that based off like what the person that I'm working with needs based off their goals. And you know, that even sometimes willingness to track, like, you know, bandwidth, you can kind of gauge and I'm like, okay, well let me give you the minimum that I need mm-hmm. to make good interpretations for you. Um, but then, yeah, generally I'll send them like, the one that I want. Yeah. If it gets a bit too much, I'll just like, all right, well, I need your weekly energy intake. I need your macro. Yeah. I need at least like three to four KPIs. Um, just like I need to know how you feel. Yeah. Um, and it's like, cause it, cause everything's kind of on the one document now. It's easy to like look at their program and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like the dialogue is good. Like I'm like, you have to answer the questions. Like even if they don't, if they didn't even do the data, like, Maybe outside, like, yeah, even, I reckon I could still do it. If they didn't do the data and answered the questions for me, I could still make it work. Yeah, that's, I ran my check-ins like that for... Because the questions, because the questions get, allow them an opportunity to articulate what happened over the week and you should be able to pick up on hmm. that information. Yeah, the questions allow you to ask the questions you need the answers to. Yeah, it's very, it's a very open-ended thing. Like, it's a yeah. very good, it's very good. So, um, yeah, it's more that. And it's like, I've got advanced clients. It's just like, fuck me, I'm don't need to do that i'm like okay well just give me but they're more i'm just like well you are you're an advanced client you have an advanced outcome i need these yeah yeah so sometimes it's a there's a little bit of pushback so you hide me this is what i want um you know kind of provide it for me please so i can do my job for you yeah um so yeah i just think like depending on yeah this is one of those ones for me that is education dependent not training dependent like you could have trained for five years, but know nothing versus trained for a year, but understand a lot of the concepts well. Yes. So like I train quite a lot of coaches at the moment and like their check-ins is different to someone who's not a coach. It's like we can talk about different shit and it, it's way more I's and what well, was X's and O's rather than, is that right? No, ones and zeros is the coding thing, yeah? Uh, yes. Yeah. So it's more like ones and zeros rather than like, how do you feel that type of stuff? Still that there, but it, it's more, if you have a deeper understanding of training and what's going on, we have different conversations. Yeah. 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 I reckon um, even for me, the more compliant and advanced you are, the less I need dialogue and the more I need data. Yeah. And the other way around. Yeah. 
and the other way around for if you're newer to the gym. Yeah. It's like, I, I need less data and more. Yeah. Because your data is almost like less reliable for a newbie too. Cause it's like, oh, how was your digestion this week? It's like based on what? Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's it. And, and even, um, like, not everyone, but like the, it takes time, habit formation, compliance isn't going to be a hundred percent. So the data is almost not that accurate anyway. It's just you're giving them, you're building the habit formation of yeah. tracking data so that when they are compliant and habit formation is there, yeah. that you've got that stuff to move them to that great area, that area of greatness, great physiques, great strength, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, cool. Like, you know, most of my, um, my, my most compliant clients is just like literally one word answers on my questions. Yeah. It was like training was good. Yeah. Did everything. Yeah, but if you got that from a newbie, you'd be fucking worried. 100%. Yeah. Like, did you? <laughs> did you do all the workouts? Like macros, macros stuck to plan. Like if yeah. I got that for a newbie, I'd be like, really? No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would. would. As long as they got results, I'm like, sure. Like it's fine. But yeah. Yeah. yeah like I, the, I would just want more information. Like how's the training? How's, how's the body feel? How's this? How's this? Like just tell me what the fuck's going on because I need to know. But if I've been coaching you for a little while or I know that you're like a pretty good athlete by yourself or I'm getting like at least a lot of videos, I can be like, okay, yeah, you're doing the shit you're saying. You're doing. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, like I was just saying with the digestion, like I've been managing food for, fuck, probably going on seven years now since I first started like on Google, how much fucking proteins in 100 grams of chicken breast, writing diet plans and shit. Um, so like now, if, if I was to give you a, a number out of 10 as to how my digestion was for the week, it's going to be pretty bang on. Cause I know yeah. it's pretty similar week in week out and have for a long period of time. Yeah. So I can say, yeah, it was fucked this week and then go, yeah, my stress level was really high too. And my sleep was under, Oh, no wonder. Like it's like, yeah. it's all there. Okay. Whereas I think if you're every meal that you eat is different and, you you have sometimes you have snacks at work sometimes you don't sometimes you go out on the weekend sometimes you get pizza sometimes you do this and you're not used to actually thinking about like how is your shit making me feel and then it's like how was your digestion this week jason you're like which day like, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know like compared to yeah what? yeah yeah i agree i agree it's like there's too many moving parts then and you don't have that conscious awareness of like how you feel and why yeah. Uh, why am I asking this question? Like, what's it? You know, then it's kind of useless. So that's why we kind of tick both the boxes in the check-in anyway, so we can kind yeah. of make it work for somebody. Um, but generally, like for most of the people, I, like I work with now, and I'm sure that you're the same. Um, I'm more towards the I need this data. Yeah. Like hide me for this now. It's like sometimes we're working on a specific time frame. You know, uh, 20 weeks, something like that. Um, then it's like I need this. Yeah. If you don't provide it for me, it's going to reflect in your results. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like I'm just thinking across the board of who I have, how my check-ins look. And it, it just comes back to that. The more educated they are, the less there usually is. Yeah. And I think if you articulate it in the start, at the start, it's like, I need this because of this. Like, you know, you explain like I'm, you, you're hiring me for a job. Um, and you obviously have come because, you know, you, uh, you've seen the message that we put out and the results and the, you know, you're interested in seeing what our skill sets can do for you. It's like, we have a method, we have a way 
Yeah. Um, so part of that is the results interpretation and tracking. It's the program design and the nutrition application. And then you've got the support. It's like, we need, like, I'm, I need you to do, provide me with as much stuff so I can give all that to you. Yeah. So what would you say maybe like then to, to the coaches that are getting more of their clients fucking calling people that haven't been to the gym for three, six months? Yeah. What do you, what was the question? So how would you, what advice would you give to them? So we're like, we are kind of in a, a privileged position now where clients tend to come to us knowing who we are. Like if you get on a consult with me, you, you probably have a fair idea of who I am, what I do at this point. Yeah. Um, if you, someone doesn't know you from a bar of soap, all of a sudden you're throwing like, Hey, here's a teachable intake where you fucking learn how to do everything and how to do your program. And here's your check-in and here's this, blah, blah, blah. And they're used to like, Oh, well, my old PT used to just write a whiteboard on a workout on the whiteboard and we came in and then I went home. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I, I think it comes down to articulating like what your total service is and knowing what it is. Like we talk about that all the time. It's like you, you like we are, like I just sit down with someone like this is a complete coaching package. It's not just training. Like we're not, we're not just going, even if it's one-on-one, we're not just going into the gym and like doing workouts and going home. Like you get, coaching you get the results interpretation you get some education stuff like you know we do that on a weekly basis so what's involved in that is you know this this and that so if someone wants to not partake in some form part of that service like you know you've had instances in the past of people like i just don't don't want to do nutrition stuff i'm just going to do training with you it's like okay well it's there Mm. you get it it's like you're not using it it's like the membership with the pool like yeah everyone buys the membership with the pool at the gym, but like how many people use the pool? Like not really that many. Um, so it's kind of like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just think that you, you have it there, encourage people to use it so that you can get the best results for that person. Obviously if you're doing that kind of stuff and you, and your service is set up that way, you're very enthusiastic about getting results. Um, you know, and that's, you know, that's your, your, committed to getting results for the client. So they should be able to see that you should be able to kind of portray that to the person. And I think like, you just got to have some form of like way of working them into what exactly how you want them to work as well. You know, just having a little bit of patience at the start. Like I tell everyone, like, look, it'll take you a bit of a teething period to work everything out. But once you do, it's really good. Yeah. And the sooner you do that, the better, but there's no pressure. I think one of the mistakes I made early in my career was like, allowing the client to dictate what happened on a weekly basis because mm. it was like, Oh, well, I, I want you to come and train with me and like, I'll get you a result, but I have to work inside your framework to get a result. Whereas now it's like, this is the framework. Yeah. This is need to be just more prescriptive of like, like you were saying, this is, this is the goal that you've set. This is, I can give you that outcome. Here's what's required to do that. And here's what I'm going to do. Um, I think that one of the most valuable pieces of uh, documentation that we use that personal trainers don't use enough of, and even like clients, it's a good idea for like to ask for one if you're if you're working with a coach and they haven't done it. It's like what the expectations of each person in the relationship is. It's like the expectation is that you check in, you complete your workouts, you give me feedback, you do film the, the videos, etc. Otherwise I can't do my job properly. And then mm-hmm. my expectation is your check-ins are done on time. Stuff's modified when it says, uh, when I say it's going to be modified, programs are released on time, all of that shit. So then there's no like 
oh, well, you said you were going to update my, my macros every week. It's like, no, I said I'd do a check-in every week. And if you're making progress, I will make changes when required, not every week. So like it's on, it's on the client agreement. We understand each other. We know what's going on with both. Cause it's like, there's nothing worse than sitting there like, fuck this client never films their lifts. And it's like, you said it once in passing and you wonder why they don't send you their lifts. Mm. Yeah. I think that's a really valuable thing to have. It's just yep. a list of like what you expect from the client, what they should expect from you. I agree. Yeah. That's perfectly articulated. Sweet. Uh, do you want to talk about the hypertrophy coach's corner? Yeah. So next uh, coach's corner, I guess, is it an episode uh, or event? We'll call it is uh, with coach's corner number two. <laughs> couple, of, couple of big dogs. So we got Mr. Rawdon Dubois and Dean McKillop. So we're going to be talking about hypertrophy specific training, just going into the weeds on some stuff. And I've got a few things that I'm going to ask that I weren't on the itinerary as well. Yes. Going to keep them up the sleeve. Yes. Uh, but yeah, talking all things hypertrophy specific training, which will be fun. Uh, so what's the date of that, Ben? Did we... 31st, 12.30. 31st, 12.30. So we'll have all the deets up on STC Fit Learning. Yeah, if you can't make the event, grab a ticket and we'll email you the link straight away. It'll eventually come out as a podcast, but like if you got the link, you can watch yeah. stuff whenever you want. Yeah, so that should be a really good discussion. I'm really excited about that one. Yeah, it should be good to sit back and listen to. <laughs> <laughs> like I did last time. <laughs> um, yeah, so tickets are stcfitlearning.com events. It'll take you through. Um, I'll make sure that I finish that today so that the, when the podcast comes out tomorrow, they can actually do that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I will have an article out on Sunday uh, on Medium as well. So uh talking about progressive overload models for like hypertrophy specific training as well um great resource just for people to understand kind of what you know we want people doing in their training and why um so that will be coming out on medium um and then i'm pretty sure what was the last article we had Ben? it wasn't that long ago either amy's trafining true north about yeah Yeah. so again sccfitlearning.com uh articles dive into them uh, if you haven't, there's uh, a wealth of uh, knowledge in those that are beneficial for probably everybody, to be honest. I've been like sending probably got, we got maybe seven out now. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good thing to do. I've been sending them to everybody. It's like have a conversation, like go read this or, or yeah. watch a video on YouTube or something like that as well. So yeah. plenty yeah, going around. Yeah. Awesome. So STC fit for uh, education, online coaching stuff. Um, at SCC Fit Learning for the coaches and gym nerds who want to get down into the trenches. At Ben Scott STC, at Jason Galea underscore STC. I think that's pretty much it. We are a few weeks out now from releasing our next intake for the Coaches Corner as well with all this new content that we've been ragging on about because we're so excited, super excited about it and we're just fucking nerds. Um, so yeah, reach out if you want to get on the waiting list for that or want any information, let us know. Coaches Academy. You said Coaches Corner. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Coaches Academy. Coaches Academy. Too many coaches things. Too many. Yeah. <laughs> Too much things. Too much tabs open in one brain. Um, awesome. That'll do. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. See you next time.